Well, praise the Lord. Welcome to our Romans Bible study. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson. I'm glad that you're here with us today, whatever day it might be. But for me, it's July the 23rd on a beautiful Thursday morning right here in the northeast piney woods of northeast Texas. And a good hot summer day. And uh, again, we're in Romans chapter 12. I encourage you to get your Bibles and follow along with us today as this will be part 9 of chapter 12. And I, I also encourage you to go back on the YouTube channel, which is Curtis Hutchinson 316, or the website, thecrosswaychurch.com, and uh, start with Romans chapter 1, verse 1, if you really want to study the Bible and hear... If you want to hear the truth of God's Word, you know, we don't just read the Bible here at Crossway Church. We preach the truth of God's Word. That means we preach Christ in the Scriptures, in all the Scriptures, because Jesus is the one who said, the volume of the book is written of Him. The Scriptures are about Him. And they cannot be applied to us by the Holy Spirit until He shows us Jesus. Because Jesus said when the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth comes, the Comforter, He will guide you into all truth. Jesus is that truth. Hallelujah. John 14 and 6. And He said He will reveal that which is mine to you. Glory to God. So as we study the Word of God today, no matter where your study in the Word of God may be, at the end of the Bible study, you should have a better picture of Christ, a greater love for Christ, a greater dependence upon Christ. You should see a greater need for the expression of Christ in your life. At the end of every Bible study, there should be something that God was able to impart to you, something God was able to do. And what it will always be tied to, if it is the Lord, in fact, working in you, both to will and to do of His good pleasure, it will be just as I said. It will be a conviction in your heart to express Christ more because you have a greater love for Him. He is being revealed to you in the Scriptures. And we'll see that today here in Romans chapter 12. And where we will begin is in verse 11. And let us always remember that as we study God's Word... Uh, especially here in Romans chapter 12, we see uh, things we're told to do. And really, we could call them commands because we're commanded to operate this way. But really, let's just get sort of down in the weeds this morning. These things Paul wrote here in Romans chapter 12 and among many other places in the New Testament which we have to read, to study, and to follow after are things that are manifest when faith is functioning. Because this is what we've learned here at Crossway Church over the past few years. When faith comes, faith overcomes. What does it overcome? It overcomes anything that would hinder you carrying out the will of the Lord for your life by the Spirit of God. When faith comes, faith overcomes. It overcomes anything and everything that will hinder you being led of the Spirit and carrying out God's will for your life. Faith always overcomes. Faith moves mountains. Faith 
always overcomes. So these things we're about to read today and some that were prior to this in this chapter really is a result of knowing the things Paul has written in this letter before this portion, such as Romans 6, 7, and 8, when you learn at which 99.9% of all the born-again, true, saved church today does not have a clue about. But when you learn Romans 6, 7, and 8 and can truly then become a disciple of Christ in experience, then these are the things that will manifest in your Christian experience. Again, we're told to do these things so that we could know what we could look for when faith is working. Hallelujah. Uh, But these things uh, can have a form about them and it not be the spirit behind them. And and let me me go back to something in this very chapter that we've studied that the gifts given to us are according to the grace of God. Romans chapter 12, this chapter, verse 6. There are different gifts in one body of believers, the church, but they're all according to the grace of God. That means according to what God has chosen to do in your life because that's what grace is, what God will do. Hallelujah. God saved you. How did he do it? By grace, by what he did in Christ at Calvary. Titus chapter 2 says that we're taught by the grace of God. Well, it's the Holy Spirit who is God, who does the teaching. Paul said that he labors by the grace of God. He meant he labors by what the Spirit of God, who is God, does in and through his life. So again, the the gifts that God gives his people, they only work according to grace. And that grace only functions in our life. God only functions in and through our gifts he's given us If our faith is in the cross, when we move our faith from Calvary, now we're only functioning in a a form of that gift. That's a form without power. There there might even be some demonstration of some kind of power there. That's why lots of people told me uh, that that churches that are preaching everything but the message of the cross and and just, oh, it's so awful. They they say, come to our church, you might even hear a Bon Jovi song. And you wouldn't believe what's out there in the church today. And they told me before, one guy said, if you come to our church, brother, you'll never go back to your church. And he was talking about what you feel there. And I have no doubt about it. Man, there's some things going on in there that will make you feel like it's God, but it ain't God. It's only a form. And the forms can give you a feeling as well. But we need to know the difference between that which is a form and that which is carrying the grace of Almighty God. Hallelujah. And this has been the church's uh, problem for many, many, not days, not years, not decades, but centuries, not being able to discern between that which is only form but denying the power while there is a power there that gives you feelings and moves your emotions between all that and the grace of God. And and we need to learn to discern all that. But these things here that we're reading about, uh, I believe that they're the manifestation in our lives when faith is truly in the cross and working by the power of the Holy Spirit. Because if it's not in the cross... 
or we say it is, but it's really in the cross. We say, and something else, which is an impossibility. You can't add anything to something that's already finished. And even though we do it with our hearts, we tell God the cross wasn't enough. God doesn't function in that, my friend. No matter what preacher gets up and tells you differently, well, if God uh, can't function uh, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a messed up heart, it's, uh, th then he can't function in anybody. Absolutely wrong statement. God can function in a person's life who's not perfect. He has to because there is no perfection. But God functions by grace through faith. No faith in the cross, form. That's what's wrong with the church today. It always has been. That's why we've been stuck where we are for many, many years. Many, many years. And when God gives, uh, uh, enlightens the church with the truth, the devil runs right in the door with it and begins to distort it immediately, such as in the early 1900s when the baptism with the Holy uh, Spirit, the truth of that uh, baptism with the Holy Spirit came into the church and people began to be baptized with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues and, and the gifts began to operate. Listen, the devil run right in with it and distorted it. And, and even to this day, you got churches that are full of people. They can't even hear the word preached. They're just waiting for the altar call so they can go slaying people around like a, a child's playground and, and feel like they're doing something. And, and we've missed the whole point. Listen, the baptism with the Holy Spirit was to be a witness unto the Lord. That word means martyr. That means take up your cross, deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow Jesus in the footsteps that He walked. Hallelujah! And when when there many things out there have forms, they will give you a feeling. They will move your emotions. But you and I need to learn to discern between that which is only form and when we see it, the command there and the evidence of true faith is that you will turn away from such, Paul told Timothy. We need to learn to discern between that and grace because grace is God at work and if it's not grace, it's man at work in the flesh. Romans chapter 12 verse 11, the Bible here says... Not to be slothful in business. And that means not to be lazy. Uh, not to step into a place where uh, you're not being diligent about what you do. You're not being earnest anymore about what you do. You've been moved over into the category with most of the people on the job that just want to talk negative about the boss and sweep dirt under the rug when he's not looking, take an extra break here and there when the boss has gone to another place. Come on now, somebody. Don't be slothful in business, but be fervent, fervent in spirit. That, that word fervent means to be hot, to be really, you look it up, it means to be like boiling, hallelujah, in spirit, hot, on fire for God, on fire, thankful, and knowing that you're privileged to do what God's called you to do, serving the Lord. Watch, not slothful in business, but diligent with integrity in business, fervent, on fire, hallelujah, in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation when they get the promotion that you know you deserved or you think you do. <laughs> A lot of times we think we deserve something and 
we'll turn right around and say, you know, I don't really deserve anything, you know. And then when we don't get something we thought we deserved, we pitch a wall-eyed hissy fit, get mad about it, and start acting like the rest of the people on the crew. Well, if they ain't going to promote me, then I know the Bible says here, the, one of the manifestations of faith, true faith, which is trusting in Christ and what he did at Calvary, which is his way, and me not thinking I got to have my way, is patience. Patience is one of the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Do you see that? Galatians 5, 22 and 23, and we're seeing that right here, which is confirming what I said, that these things we're told to do is really a manifestation of what we will be walking in if we can be led by the Holy Spirit through faith and the cross of Jesus Christ. Rejoicing in hope. Patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer. And let me add to this this morning. The reason these things are written and much of what is written in the New Testament for us is so that you and I can express Christ. When faith is allowed to function in our lives and faith works by love, that love that Christ loved us with and gave himself for us at Calvary. And when we trusted in that righteous work of Jesus, he gave us the measure, Romans 12, 3, of faith. And that faith only works by love. And when that faith is working, when we're trusting in the cross of Christ, then the manifestation of these things are there. The fruit of our faith has a manifestation to it and it's so important because the, the manifestation of the fruit of our faith is the expression of Christ. That's why these things are written so that we can know what it is that has to be taken place before we're expressing Christ. And it should be more important to us to express Christ than it is to get my own way over some promotion or over some other thing. Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer. Prayer is a lifestyle. Prayer is never-ending. A constant calling upon the Lord, even when you're in the middle of a meeting on the job, you're calling upon the Lord to, to move in and to fix these and to lead us properly. When nobody else knows that you're praying, you're praying at all times. You have a life of prayer without ceasing. Instant in prayer. You're instant. Hallelujah. Glory to God. That word instant actually means uh, to be devoted to be constant. And see, that, that is really the reality of it, that we are constantly seeking God's will in every situation. Amen. Distributing to the necessity of saints. Saints that have needs. So I'm not talking about saints that won't work. I'm talking about the needs of saints. I'm talking about those uh, widows who are Widows indeed, the Bible talks about and describes in uh, the letters to Timothy from Paul. I'm talking about uh, saints who hit a bump in the road and, and, and something's going on in their lives. I'm not talking about these people who constantly never, ever, ever, ever move ahead. I'm talking about, I'm talking about, this is talking about we, we distribute to the necessity of saints given, we're given to hospitality. We will help folks, uh, not people 
who are cons, who never ending, year after year after year after year, they, 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 they never step out of what they could do. They, they never choose the wisdom of God in situations. Therefore, they remain where they are. And we'll be talking about that Sunday morning, uh, about the wisdom that comes from above. Looking forward to preaching that this Sunday. But this doesn't mean that we're to be conned by people. We help those. And we constantly help those who hit bumps in the road, those who uh, are being persecuted, those who are going through a season of hardship. And we've helped many people here at Crossway Church, many people through the years at Crossway Church. And, and, and we all as Christians need to be given to hospitality, to helping others. But when they try to just live off the church, the church is not here for that. And there's a lot of deception about that. That's why there are people, there are people every week that, and there are churches in every town just lined up on the highway. And we experience it here in Queen City, Texas as well. People, every once in a while, that same couple will come in dressed as ragged out as they can be with the little kids as ragged out and looking dirty as they can be. And, and, and they ask for help. And we simply say, well, just sit down and worship the Lord with us today. And at the end of the service, we'll give you help. They won't even, they're not going to do that. They're not going to do that. They leave if you don't get, and then they go right next door to the church and then right next door to the church, and that's what they do. And then they go the next little town, the next little town, and they're conning. They think the church is here to support their living. That's not what the Bible's talking about here. That is not what the Bible's talking about here. So the Bible says here in verse 14, now the, and, and what we're about to read here in verse 14 is things that we know we should do. But until we got the message of the cross, until the message of the cross came into our lives as it relates to our daily lives, daily victory, daily removing the excuses of I know I should, but I can't, and I know I shouldn't, but I am. The message of the cross is the power of God to us who believe. Glory to God. Believe what? That the power is in the preaching of the cross. Glory to God. So when we read verse 14 that says, bless them that persecute you, we can continue to bless those who are out there today trying to destroy this ministry. They, 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 and in the process of doing it, all they're really, and they're deceived, but they're doing it to try to build their own ministry. If they, 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 they don't know it up here in the forefront of their mind, but in the subconscious, the part that uh, 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 being drunk and not sober-minded, you will operate by the subconscious things in your mind and not the conscious things. You hear people say, this was in the front of my mind, and but other Sometimes we operate by the things that are in the subconscious of our minds. And we need to be sober-minded. We need to know why we're doing what we're doing. And even in that, you've got to be very careful. Because if you're trying to tear somebody else down, you're really only trying to build yourself up to stand on top of them. You need to be careful with that. The Bible says bless them that persecute you. 
Now again, this is the manifestation of faith. And you and I don't get the option of choosing which way we will go today. You and I don't get the option of choosing what truth the Holy Spirit is trying to guide us into. You and I don't get the option of which avenue we will be faithful and which one we won't. You and I either place our faith in the cross of Christ and trust in Him and His work there so the Holy Spirit can work in our lives and bring forth faith can come. Hallelujah. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So you ask, how can faith come by hearing this? Bless them which persecute you. Bless and curse not. How can faith come at hearing that? That measure of faith that you've received only works when you're trusting in where it was measured from and given to you. The measure of faith, Romans 12, 3, and I, and I harp, harp, harp on this a lot. The measure, the portion of faith you were dealt by God, Romans 12, 3, was when you trusted in His work at Calvary. It's the portion, the measure that was measured to you from his faith. Paul said it this way in Galatians 2.20, The life I now live in this flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So when I read this, bless them which persecute you, bless and curse not, how, how am I going to do that? Here comes the whole point of the message of the cross for saved people. How do I do what the Bible is telling me to do? How do I do the what to do? I'm being told here what to do, but Lord, how am I going to bless somebody that's cursing me? How am I going to bless them and not curse them back? When I remember where God dealt this measure of faith to me from the power of the cross. When I trusted in what God did to forgive me and bless me and to deliver me in spite of me from the curse and give me the blessing of Abraham, hallelujah, that I might receive his spirit that now enables me to cry, Abba, Father, that now I may say, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. The cross, the message of the cross, the power of the cross, my trust in the cross is how I bless when I'm being cursed. I hope you're getting this. It don't be the Christian that lives your entire life knowing that you should be doing this, but you don't know how knowing that you should not be doing this thing, these things, but you don't know how to quit. If you live in that long enough, because every Christian, that is puzzling them in, in the beginning of their relationship with the Lord. It's puzzling and they're confused and they get frustrated and they grow impatient. But 
if you will keep searching, God will run you across the path of some ministry like this one or some others that will point you back to Calvary. Because unless you're trusting, not because you say, well, I believe all that. No, right now will you surrender to the truth that you died with Jesus you were buried and put away. That old sin nature, that old man that cannot bless when he's cursed. He cannot love when he's being hated. He cannot give to those. He cannot be hospitable. He can only judge and condemn. That old thing was put away. If your faith remains in Christ, in his work there at Calvary. I'm not talking about, what I go to church, my pastor, do you know my pastor's name? You know I was baptized back in 19. Come on, I'm not talking about that. Are you today believing that you died with Jesus? He represented you and your faith in him allows you to have the experience of who he is and what he did to represent you as the last Adam. He died in your place. He put that old thing to death that can't bless when he's being cursed. Buried them. And when Jesus came out of the grave, you came out by the glory of the Father. The Bible says Jesus was resurrected from the dead and you came out with him. And you and I today can walk in resurrection power. Romans 6 calls it newness of life. Where the excuses of the sin nature the excuses, well, I know I should, but I just, I know I shouldn't, but I just, you come back to Calvary and those things go bye-bye. You're trusting in Jesus and what he did at the cross and you can begin to, my friend, bless those that curse you because it has to be by the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God will function in this manner if you will fight to maintain your faith in Jesus and what he did at the cross. You can't bless somebody that's cursing you, even if you put on a good show in front of everybody. But when you get home, you're going to let them have it right there in the privacy of your own home. Your heart is going to pour out evil. Oh, your heart is going to pour out that evil. Sometimes we do put on a good show in the front of everybody, but hear me, God sees the heart. God only looks upon the heart. And God sees what's going on in that heart today. God sees the bondage that heart is in. You want to live for Him. You want to serve Him. You want to see the Bible, the Word of Almighty God, begin to come to life in your heart and the Holy Spirit function through your life. Well, you've got to come back to Calvary. You've got to find you somebody, a group of people that's declaring this message so that you can be planted in the house of the Lord and flourish in His courts, Psalm 92. You can't keep listening to what you're listening to if it's not somebody pointing you to Calvary when they open up the Word of God. You can't If you just keep sitting there and you ignore what God's trying to do, where He's trying to place you, plant you in the house of the Lord, all based on your family or your co-workers, or all these other things that we plan ourselves in the house of the Lord instead of allowing the Lord to plant us in the house of the Lord so that we can flourish in His courts. Oh, what a miserable saved life you will have to live. And I hate that. I was there not going back, glory to God, no matter what it cost. And listen, typically 
Not every time, but for the most part, your family is not even going to understand what you're talking about when you come back to the cross. They're going to say, that's what we've always believed. But that's not what they're listening to. That's not what they're trusting in. When they grab a hold of this one day, then they're going to catch on fire just like you. And when you catch on fire, that fire that shut up in your bones, you can't help but release it. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Rejoice with them that do rejoice and weep with them that do weep. Glory to God. You're going to find that you have a heart for God and because you have a heart for God, you have a heart for God's people. But most people that say they have a heart for God, if they don't understand Romans chapter 6, 7, and 8, when they get to these scriptures here, they're just going to try to work and make it happen. You, you know, we've heard all our lives a marriage is work. You know, work, work what? It's a workload that you share. But you, we've heard people say, you know, you, you know, you, you got to work to love them. No, if you got to work to love somebody, that's not by faith. Faith works. Galatians 5 and 6. Faith works by love. Think about God shed his love abroad in your heart. Romans 5, 5, when he gave you the measure of faith that works by love, Romans 12, 3, and if you keep trusting in what Christ did at Calvary, I'm not talking about with some nonchalant mind. Well, you know I believe that. I'm not talking about, I'm talking about today, that is what you're looking at, Jesus, and what happened to you when he died for you. You died with him. When you're trusting in that righteous work at Calvary, then Love that God shed abroad in your heart is working through that measure of faith He's given you. I don't have to work to love my wife. I just love my wife because my faith is in the cross of Christ and that love is taking place by the Spirit of God. Marriage, we, I mean, I've been told, uh, marriage counselors t telling people it's going to take more in love now to stay together. They don't, know what, they don't know what they're talking about. And there's more divorce in the church now, or as much at least as there is in the world, because we're being told that marriage is work. We've been told that for so long. People will turn me off right now by, by saying something negative against it. Listen, the work God wants to see in the marriage is the manifestation of faith, which works. Faith works. By love. <clears throat> Get that. Faith works by love. Man, if I've got to work hard to love you, and that's, that's all those people out there talking about. We, we got to get back to loving each other. Uh, you know, and what they're saying is quit being so warning and quit being so, uh, so mean sounding. Quit, you you got to get away from this cross stuff. You, you know, you're just too making the road seem too narrow. And all these, we just need to get back to love. We need to remember the preaching of the cross is the power of God. The power of God is the manifestation of love. And, 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 and if I'm having to work to love you, then that means faith's not working. Faith works, and if faith is working, love is manifest. Faith works by love, 
So if faith is working, the manifestation is, what does it work by? Love. So if it's working, the manifestation of its working is love. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. Good stuff this morning. I've already gone a minute over our time. Join us again Monday morning for our Romans Bible study every Monday and Thursday morning at 8.30 a.m. Central Time right here online on the Pastor Curtis Facebook page and the Curtis Hutchinson 316 YouTube channel. Watch them later there through those avenues as well as thecrosswaychurch.com where you can sow into the ministry and help us reach further than we are now. And we thank God for those of you who are. And as well, you can text your giving to 903-231-5950. We love you. God bless you. And until next time, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. I'll see you then.